You open your Bibles, your phones, your iPads, whatever you have, they have God's Word in. Let's look at it this morning. Matthew 28, and also we go to Hebrews chapter 10, but let's look at Matthew 28 first. And uh, then we're going to keep our finger there in Matthew 28. Let me get there. All right, let's look at verse 16 all the way to verse 20. And the Bible says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, obviously Jesus was alive, not dead. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even into the end of the, of the world. Amen. So now if you go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse, let's see, 22, look what the Bible says there, let us. Draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, or for he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, now forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the man of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your love, for your mercy, for your goodness, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. We are here together to the purpose of worshiping you, Lord. And Lord, thank you, Lord, for the liberty we have in this country that we're able to do that. And I pray, Father, if there's someone here that never truly received Jesus as their personal Savior, may today... They call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So our theme for the year, more of Jesus, less of me. More of Jesus, less of me. We have our theme song, which I forgot to sing it. <laughs> we'll do it another day. <laughs> I totally forgot. I got to put it on the on order of service so it just skipped me. But today is my purpose in Christ. We have a, a series that I'm going in the morning about my purpose. So what is my purpose in Christ? Let me put it this way. I've been going to church for quite a good amount of years now, uh, probably for a good solid 25 years. I, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up with Bibles around me. My mom and dad were good Catholics, uh, but they used to go to church faithfully. They used to do go to church faithfully. They taught us the basics of the Word of God, and we did that. When I got older, uh, especially when I left home, left my mom and dad's home and got married, I literally, literally pretty much stopped going to church altogether. I just didn't go there anymore. Uh, we used to go to church and mean weddings and things like that, just like a good Catholics do. <laughs> just, you know, special occasions. And God, to me, to me became foreign. You know, just like, but it took me someone to knock at my door and show up, somebody that I, I never seen in my life, and invited me to come to church. I didn't realize he was the pastor of the church. 
And uh, I invite a man, and uh, we talked for a while. It was a good man, good talking. He kept saying to me, are you saved? I had no idea what he was talking about. I said to him, I said, saved? What does that mean, saved? And he's trying to tell me, and my mind just was not grasping uh, what he was saying. He invited me to go to his church. I honestly said I was going, and I lied. <laughs> I didn't go. I had no intentions. I just wanted to make him feel good. So when he walk out of the drive out of the driveway, and, and I was like, Whew, I got over that one. <laughs> so to my surprise, the next Saturday, guess who knocks on the door again? The same guy. So we felt like you know, I felt like we were already good friends because I already met him. So we talked about, and he seemed like he didn't want to leave. He just kept he's like glued to the to the couch in there. And we're going to leave. <laughs> he was so finally, you know, he, he get up and he left and and. <laughs> I said to him, he said to me, are you coming to church this time? I'm like, I honestly, I was, that I was honest. I said, listen, you got my church. Uh, you got your church. I have my church. If I need to go to church, I know where my church is. I really don't need to go to your church. And he said, well, I would love to have you come. That words, I would love to have you come. It was kind of warm. And the next day, guess where I was? At his church. <laughs> I was at his church. And that day, I understood that day. I understood in that morning service, I understood that I was lost. But as a good Catholic, I was not going to put my budge in, you know. Uh, you got your religion, you got mine. I understand. You, you, Jesus is my Jesus. But it got me so curious because I began to go to church regularly. My wife used to work second shift. I worked with, took my kids to Awanas in those days. And we went to church. I went on Wednesday night. Bible study was going through the Bible like I do on Wednesday nights. You're going through the Bible. It got me so curious, 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 to a point that I was comparing what I was raised into and what the Bible was teaching. And to a point that I understood that I needed the Jesus of the Bible, not the Jesus of religion. And I'm not trying to offend anyone here, but that was me. I needed the Jesus of the Bible. That to me was, that was a living Jesus. And to a point that when he asked me, he said, when you, 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 you've been here so many messages, you know you lost. He said, oh, I do. So why don't you want to get saved? I said, why don't you? This was, this was a Saturday. He said, why don't you walk forward tomorrow because it seems like you don't want to get saved today. I said, he goes to me, pride is getting in the way. I'm like, pride, I'm not prideful. I guess I was towards God. And the next day, during the invitation, he said, just let one leg go and the other one will follow. It's like easy to say. Uh, you know, and, and I said, well, what? Pastor said, I used to call him priest. I said, and I said, I said to him, I said, so all these people are there, they're still looking at me. He goes, oh, they're praying for you. Wow, that overwhelmed me. They're praying for you. I never heard in all my life people praying for you. And I did. One leg went up and the other leg just followed and up and went. The man was with the Bible in these old-fashioned Baptist churches and he said, Oh, what do you come for? I was like, well, I want Jesus. He goes, okay, get over here. Open the Bible. Led me to Christ right in those stairs. And praise the Lord for that day. So my thing is, this was not part of my message, but anyway, the Lord just laid my heart to tell you. So anyway, so I've been going to church for a good 25 years now. So this going to church of mine is, is where uh, almost every time, I mean, I said like, uh, okay, let me put it this way. Forget about that. Uh, this going to church of mine is not a casual thing. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't come to church just to come to church. I come to church because I want to be here. 
And if I wasn't a pa not a pastor, I would be in church the same way. Because I did. I've only been a pastor for six years. I've been in church for 25. But every time the doors is open, I want to be there. Not because I have to. Because I want to. Oh, no. I have to because God actually tells me to go to. But there are situations on which we can not be there. Work, sickness, other things. But when we purposely don't go there because I don't want to, that's when we are in trouble. But all these 25 years... I wanted to go to church. I was battling cancer, and I wanted to go to church. I always thought, like, maybe this is my last Sunday. Maybe this is my last Wednesday. I want to be there. So, and I went. And sometimes only God knows how I went. One time I had surgery in my back parts, you know, and I couldn't sit down. You know what I did? My wife and I came at the idea. I bought one of those rings, you know, so I could sit in the seat because I couldn't sit. But I went to church, not because, not because, you know, uh, uh, oh, you know, that's, that I, I'm, I, I, you know, it's a law. No, no, I wanted to be there. So I'm not trying to put anybody down this morning. Don't misunderstand me here. That was my heart. But it's anyway. So by the way, I'm, I'm not saying here to, I'm not saying this to impress anyone here. Neither make you feel bad. Believe me, I understand. There's all kinds of circumstances, all kinds of situations. My question is: Is church important to you? What is, the, what is the, the purpose of a church? What is the purpose of a church? What am I doing here when I go to church? So now, until you can answer those questions, as a church, it is difficult to know what you're supposed to do in the church. You know, every person is a stone or a little stone part of the church on which Jesus is building. Jesus is building his church until he comes again. The church continues on in this building upon its foundation. So I once read about a church that started uh, serving weekly spaghetti dinners in order to reach out the community. The dinners became uh, so popular that they, they started serving them. They started serving them more frequently. Eventually, they were doing so well with the dinners that they just shut down the church and became a restaurant. <laughs> now. This is an example of a church that lost sight of its purpose. You know, we need to be careful that we don't lose sight of what we're doing. And actually, my pastor said to me one time, when a church loses their, their vision to reach the lost, they lost their purpose of what they're supposed to be doing. A lighthouse to the world. So I, I don't think we are any... If anybody has their voice a little higher, can you put it down? Okay, please. So I don't think we are in any danger of shutting down our church. And believe me, I'm never going to allow the food pantry to overtake the church. It's not, it's not going to happen. So, But unless we have a clear understanding of what our church purpose is, we can easily become distracted or discouraged. And this can happen with us with individuals. For an example, we live in a society today on which, believe me, I'm not trying to put churches down here. But primarily, a church is for the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Amen. That's what Jesus did when he went walk in the synagogues. They opened the scroll and they, walk, they read from the scriptures. So when a church becomes more like a social club, on which people go there and they have no sense what the church is about, you know, you're in the wrong church. You know, like, so we have, listen, I'm, listen, gymnasiums in the churches, this thing, that thing, this thing, that thing going on. 
Listen, all this stuff's so good, but don't lose focus of what you're doing. Otherwise, our focus is concentrated on something else, and we lose the focus what a church is about. We have to ask the question, if Jesus walked in that church, what would he say? Would he say like, like he said to the, when he walked in the church and threw the money away and, and down in, in those tables and said, my father's house is a house of prayer? Not a house of business. Unfortunately, in many churches in our country, churches became more a house of business on social clubs than the house of God. When people come in in the church, they should know that it resembles godliness, not worldliness. So, when you forget why you are part of the church, it's easy for you to lose interest in a church. And that is when you need to get back to basics. Why do we have a church in the first place? One thing that most churches and business do is make sure they keep track of their purpose or purpose statement. The purpose statement answers those important questions. Why are we here? What is they, what, are, what we are supposed to do? For example, the purpose, of the, the, uh, this, the, the purpose statement of Disney World is this. We create happiness by providing the finest entertainment for people of all ages everywhere. That's their purpose. The purpose statement for McDonald's is, McDonald's brand mission is to be, our, to be our customer's favorite place in a way to eat and drink. Some companies include God in their purpose statement. For an example, Chick-fil-A's purpose statement is to glorify God by being a faithful steward to all that is entrusted to us, to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. Really? Yep, that's their purpose statement. And Service Master's purpose statement is, is uh, fourfold, to honor God in all that we do, to help people develop, to purpose excellent, to grow profitably. That's why Chick-fil-A did not open on Sunday. Don't go there for a dinner on Sunday or lunch because they're closed. <laughs> yes, they are. So what is the purpose of our statement? A purpose statement not only tells you and others why you exist, but also important to planning for evaluation. For an example, again, uh, make the, uh, back to McDonald's purpose statement. McDonald's brand mission is, is to be our customer's favorite place and way to eat and drink. McDonald's evaluates everything it does by that statement. When they are planning a new product, they run uh, uh, by, the, by their purpose statement. When they evaluate all the, uh, all the products, they run in their purpose statement. They say, okay, this product does not, people doesn't have much interest on this anymore. They take it out of the shelves. They bring something else that but attracts people in. Same thing about Disney. They keep making more attractions to bring people in so people can be entertained. So if you go to Disney, they will entertain you. So churches need to, the same uh, thing. They need their purpose statement. Where's the purpose statement of a church? They need to plan and evaluate all their ministries and activities re- according to their pr- purpose statement. You know what we need to do? Is that God honoring that should be the purpose of the church. Anything that is done, that honors God. If it honors God, let's do it. Is that biblical? Is the purpose of our church. So churches also need to make sure their purpose statement has two important qualities. That is biblical, like I said, and is balanced. A church purpose statement needs to be biblical because we want to make sure we are fulfilling God's purposes for the church, not ours. 
Folks, church is not about us. It's about God. It's all about God, about Him. Why would you go, okay, we have the food pantry. We, get, we get try to help the community, all right? You know, Jesus said, if you give a glass of water in my name, you give it unto me. Amen. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing the verse, but anyway, what we do, we don't give just to, for the sake of giving. We actually, a lady got saved through the food pantry. Amen. And praise the Lord for that. But how many, how many literature we send out, how many times we talk with people about the Lord and, and, and try to, to them, uh, see that, make them see they're lost and need a Savior. Because ultimately, that's what should drive us to reach the lost. People are lost and they need a Savior. Amen. Folks, this notion about God is a loving God and everybody's going to heaven, it's not true. God is a loving God, absolutely true. But God is a God of justice and He never go against His own law. So without Jesus Christ, there's no heaven. He's the bridge that connects mankind to heaven. I get to our points in a second. Okay. So, our church purpose is to be a lighthouse to the world, to proclaim and preach and teach the word of God and reach those who are lost. And of course, encourage the believers as we move on. So let's look at this about... My purpose in Christ. What is my purpose in Christ? Number one, there in your outline, we are to share the gospel with people. We are to share the gospel with people. Look here in these verses, and look what God says here, okay? It's not the listen, it's not the pastor telling you, you have to do that. It's the pastor reminding you of the commission that God has given you, okay? So here's the process. You got saved. And let me tell you, the, the, the zeal that comes to a person that just got saved. They're so excited, they want to tell everybody. Don't lose that excitement. Okay? But look what it says in Matthew. Look what it says. Right here. Go ye therefore. What is that? It's a command. It does not tell you, tell you no name of a church, no person's name. It's telling all of God's children. Go ye therefore. So we are commanded to go. Okay. So Logan says, go ye therefore and teach, all right, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things have I commanded you. Look what it says, and Lord, I'm, I'm with you always. You're not going by yourself. God is with you. Amen. What a promise. So folks, there is a call given to us by Jesus here. There is a command given to us that came from the lips of Jesus himself. And let me remind you that this commission was given to the church. Who are the church? The building or the people that make the church? Listen, the church can meet outside. The church can meet somebody's home. Still the church. Not the building. This is the place where we meet. So, and if you are a Christian here this morning, you are part of the church. So we command, So the command was given to all of us as well. God calls, calls each one of us to share the gospel with others. Now, we have to be wise, all right, how we share the gospel with people. For example, I work in a place that is zero tolerance. So you don't go, you know, you be wise, you pray and ask the Lord, Lord, give me the opportunity to share with someone the gospel. And you know what? You know what? We pray and God give it to us. And they come. I mean, I have a, I have a, <laughs> I have a, 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 my table is, where I work on stainless steel, is 16 feet long by 8 feet wide. It's a big table. 
You know what I have on my table? I have my visitor's chair. And it's one of those chairs that's very heavy, doesn't have any wheels, so people just don't take it. Because if they pick it up, they're not going very far. <laughs> yeah, I did that purposely. You know why? Because I know that chair is going to stay there. People get very discouraged when things are heavy. So I leave it there, you know what? And it's a nice chair, nice comfy chair. It's my, my visitors. But they come there, they sit, they come to visit me. Come to sit down and believe the Lord is good because the conversations always turns to God. You know, a good opportunity. I'm here working and he's sitting there or she's sitting, whoever that person is, and here he goes. Somebody, sometimes people go, how's the church going? Oh, it's going good. <laughs> it's going good. But see, we, we size those, those opportunities because God commands us to do so. Folks, every day I look forward to tell someone about the gospel, about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, because we are commanded to. So I, I'm trying to encourage you this morning, more of Jesus, less of me. If we die to self, the Lord's going to work through us in a greater way. So, more of Jesus, less of me. God calls each one of us to share the gospel with others. The word gospel means what? Good news. Who doesn't like to receive good news? Oh, but they resist me. They, 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 they're harsh. Listen, people do change. And some, when circumstances change, sometimes people do listen. Don't ever say they, they never listen. I witnessed to my dad so many times. Still witness to my mom. It took him to be in his deathbed, died of cancer, for him to say, it's time for me to make peace with God. So, don't give up. Don't give up. So, we have a message to share with the world, and that message is the good news. It is the most wonderful news in the world today. Folks, let me put it this. If you watch the local news at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, what would you get? Bad news. It's very popular, right? I mean, it said, oh, I've never been in the news. Well, do something bad. You see how fast you can get there. They will put you right in the news. In your picture there, and they usually use a bad picture of you if you're a bad boy or a bad girl. They put you, and you're like, whoo, who's that? <laughs> but bad news. Well, the gospel is the good news. He doesn't want a piece of good news. You know, sometimes when you have a thing, we go to somebody and say, what you want, the bad news or the good news? What you want first? Usually we say, well, just give me the bad news, can I can rejoice in the good news after. But anyway, sometimes we say, just give me the good news, forget about the bad news. But anyway, who wants bad news? No one. So your sins can be forgiven, that's good news. Your you, you, you slate wipe and clean, that's good news. You can begin again with God, that's good news. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, put it this way, I mean, let me give you an insight. Man, time is flying on us. Uh, give an insight. All right, so let's say you commit a horrible crime. And you know you're guilty as can be. Sure. You go in front of the judge, and for your surprise, the judge says to you, you're free to go. You're clean. You're walking away like, I cannot believe what just happened. I'm so guilty, and I'm declared innocent. I'm free to go. That's what happened with Jesus. We, are, we know we are guilty as can be. Yeah. We ask forgiveness, and Jesus says, I made you clean. Why does it snow you clean? Start anew. Wow. That's what it is, folks. So, number two. I'm going to skip here because I don't know what time went, unless that clock is wrong. <laughs> number two, we have to talk about Jesus' death and resurrection. 
So we live in a strange, deceiving world today. We have so many deceiving people in our world. Do you believe that? Be careful with YouTube. I'm not against YouTube, but be careful what you watch there. Many people have deceived themselves because of what they watched. Listen, folks, this notion that Jesus would never died, that he removed the tomb, that he married somebody, is a bunch of baloney. Listen, folks, he really died on that cross. He went to that tomb. His body was dead. But you know what? He rose from the dead on the third day. And that's the truth. You see, be careful what you listen. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to encourage you this morning. Be careful what you listen and what you watch. Because all these things that you watch a lot of times, oh, they have no base for it. But they're there. And many people get deceived. You say, Pastor, really? Listen, folks, I talk with many people that have been deceived and still deceived because of those things. Okay, so we have to talk about Jesus' death and resurrection. Why? Why? Because, listen, Jesus is not a symbol over just a religion. Jesus says they live in Christ. He's a living God. We believe that He lives. We believe that He's coming again. And that's what causes us to, to sing and worship Him because we believe that. That's a basic doctrine of Christianity. Listen, folks, Christianity is not a religion. I have my name written in that church. My grandmother, my grandfather, my parents had the name. It's nothing about that. That's men, mankind making things up. Right. It's about Jesus and his love. Amen. Who is he? He's the king of kings, the creator of all. He's my savior. He lives. It's that and resurrection is very, very important. Because if I don't believe that Jesus really died, if I don't believe that Jesus really rose from the dead, how can I get saved? So when we tell people about Jesus, it's important that we talk to people about his death and resurrection. He rose from the dead. Isn't it we, we celebrate his resurrection on Easter Sunday? And I told people, especially the visitors, I told them, you know, we do this every Sunday. We celebrate his resurrection. See, the Bible tells us that the gospel has specific content. It's not just a general good news that God loves you, but it's a specific content that the gospel to hold and to believe. And let me tell you, look what it says in 1 Corinthians 15.1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, the good news which I preach unto you, which also ye, ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye believed in vain. I tell you what, Paul believed in that gospel. Paul received the good news, and Paul went everywhere to tell about that good news. Let me tell you, we too can do the same thing. Believe in that gospel and tell. Listen, folks, if we talked about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and believing in that gospel, I tell you what, if we more of Jesus, less of me, I tell you what, we'll be more able to talk. So how can you get these opportunities? You can get an opportunity to tell people in the grocery store. He said, well, but everybody's minding their own business at the grocery store. And you're minding yours. But let me tell you, New England is warmer than we think. Sometimes you think people don't like to talk. Well, you're not talking either. somebody got to start the conversation. Oh, but I, I, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Fear. That's what caused us to say I'm uncomfortable. Be fearful. We don't want to bother. 
Did Jesus talk that way? He went sit with sinners. He talked with everybody. The rich came to him. You see, we can go to the post office and talk about Jesus. I went to the post office uh, last week. I met Ray. That was a good conversation with brothers talking. And like people looking at us like, yeah, we celebrate each other here. He's my brother in Christ. You know, you see, you know, boldness, just, just, mm, that's who I am. Number three, we are to share with the whole world. So with whom do we share this amazing news of Jesus Christ and his resurrection? The short answer is with anyone who does not know him. Let me give you a statistic, and the Lord put this in my heart, and looking at the message to this morning, I said, I need to report this. So we have, so, uh, so you can see when you give sacrificially, what we do with it. We open, we have YouTube Live, we have so, uh, Facebook Live, but we also have a sermon audio, and we pay for that. Okay, we pay for that. It's a, it's a social thing. Um, a lot of people watch worldwide. And we were introduced by someone that came here from another church to help with the sound room a couple of years back. It was a couple of years back, I think a couple of years back. And, you know, we, they told us that there in their end, it took them a couple of years before more than 10 people would watch it. We've been doing this for two years. And let me tell you, yesterday the progress report on this. And let me, let me read this to you. Uh, total plays for the month of January, 420. Video plays, 186. Mobile plays, 60. Countries reached, 12 countries reached. Lifetime in two years, we reached 13,972 people. Is that worth doing it? Every dollar of it. It doesn't matter the size of your church. What matters is what you do for Christ. That's what matters. You know, we have so much. In our, I mean, think about it. We have so much of our disposal today. I mean, it's a shame that if we get to the presence of the Lord and, and we say, the Lord's going to say to us, I had this, 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 and this. Why didn't you use it? He says, sometimes we have to be careful, you know, we don't get in our old ways. Oh, so-and-so used to do this, so-and-so used to do this. That's what we're going to do by the grace of God. And God says, what about these things I have for you? Use them. There's many ways to reach people. We have to be creative. Again, biblically, we have to follow what the Lord says. But we can reach so much. For an example, we have our reaches in our church. You know what we do? We grab people's emails. You know what we do? Every time we have something special in the church, we send an email out. And so what's the purpose of that? They know there is a church that loves them and care about them so much that we can reach to them. Whatever this decision that they make, that's up to them. We cannot make decisions for other people. But by the grace of God, we do what God calls us to do is to reach those who are lost. Reach those who are lost. So important, we have activity in the church. You know what is important for us to do? Invite people to come and say, we have this. We have this in our church. He said, you know what, folks? The purpose is they come, they're going to hear the gospel. And have an opportunity to get saved. We have to share with the whole world. Don't be ashamed. Get this. We are dealing with something far more serious than cancer. Cancer only affects a certain percentage of the population, even though it's a, it's a, um, for many people, a death sentence. Sin affects us all. Cancer can only kill your body. Sin can kill your body and your soul in hell. 
We have a responsibility to show the good news for those who don't never heard it or those who heard and have rejected. So we, we need to keep going telling the good news that Jesus saves. He is our great Savior. Before Jesus returned to heaven, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I want you to see what his last words before he went to heaven. And see what Jesus said there. And in your Bible probably is in red. Because the Jesus speaking, it says this, but Acts 1, 8 says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth. Why do we have missionaries? So they can go for other countries for us. Amen. They go, and when they reach, reach somebody to Christ, our name is there. When, when they get to heaven someday, we all get to heaven someday because of your sacrificial giving and your prayers. You see, our Jerusalem, our community, our surrounding areas, Judea and Samaria, God says literally what he's saying right here, to be literal, it's a, to be literally is this, everywhere you go, bring the gospel with you. If you sit in my car, there's tracks there. Most of my suits have tracks I said most, not all of them, but most have tracks. You know, what was the purpose? To tell someone about the Lord. Listen, folks, this is what we, we need to keep in mind. We don't do the saving, God does. We ought to be the messengers. We bring a message of salvation, a message of hope for the hopeless. You know how many people is hopeless in this world today? Many people are hopeless. Lonely, hopeless, have no goal in life. They're just existing. They need Jesus. They need Christ. Let's do that. So what is my purpose? People say, I have no purpose in life. Yes, you do have a purpose in life. If you are a Christian, you have a great purpose. You ought to be a shining light in this world. You ought to be that. A city that sits on a hill, the Bible says, Matthew 5. So we have a purpose to shine for Jesus. We have the purpose to be to live godly lives. Why? Because people need to see what God has done in you. You follow that? I was a drunker, but no longer a drunker. I was a drug addict, but I'm no longer a drug addict. I was this, but I'm no longer this. I was a liar. I was a thief. No longer this. What happened to you? Jesus saved me, transformed me. And by his power, I live every day. Can't you see that? One family member told me like this. Like I said, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. He said to me like this. Hey, you used to drink alcohol. What happened to you? I didn't shrink my shoulders. I didn't walk away humiliated. I said to him, I'm glad you, saw, you see that. I'm glad you saw it. When Jesus came and saved me, he transformed me. Amen. Jesus came in, the booze went out. And there was a group of another five men over there, and they're looking at me. I said, folks, that's exactly what happened. When Jesus came in, the booze went out. That desire, gone. You know what? We should be lights in this world, but our way of life also strive. Listen, we're not perfect. Don't get me wrong here. We fall. But let me tell you, but strive to live a godly life so people can see the light of Christ in us. So when we witness to our family members, our neighbors, our co-workers that knows us the best, they say, something happened to you. What happened to you? 
I'll conclude with this. So what is the purpose of your life? Why are you here? What is the purpose of this church? Listen, one thing is this. We here to honor God, to worship Him, and uplift His name up and high. So when people come in, they understand this church is about God and His Word, not about us. We are His servants, the children of the living God. What is my purpose in this life? To honor God and glorify His name. So whatever I go, I try to glorify my God. If I fall, I ask forgiveness. And he lifts me up. And I go again. Because the Lord says his mercies are new every morning. Because folks, some days we don't feel like we saved, really. Some, some days it hurts so much and we sin so much we don't feel like we saved. But we saved. Because salvation is not based on emotions. It's something that we did. But let me tell you, that day. When we ask forgiveness, God says, my mercies are new again and again and again and again. That's the God that we serve. Don't you want to give that news to somebody else that is hopeless out there? How many people will come to mind to your, to your mind this morning and say, I can do this. I can see this, 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 because they need it. You know they need it. And we need to be reminded. I conclude with this. What is my purpose? Glorify my Savior. That's my purpose. Glorify God and be a shining light so others can see and come to the light of Jesus Christ. God wants them to be saved as much as you are saved as a child of God. If you're not saved here this morning, may you take that to heart. That salvation is not about religion. Religion is man-made rules. It's about God and His words. Because ultimately... When we die and be in the presence of God, God's not going to say to you, what church did you go to? He's not going to say that. He's going to say these, these words. Welcome home, you good and faithful servants. Oh, he's going to say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. That's Bible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this message, Lord. I needed to hear that as well as men, everybody else. I pray, Father, if there's someone here that never received Jesus as Savior, May today they call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.